I, Tim Roy for Warriors.com. Time now for more of our catching up with series. And today we go to one of the guys that was part of the Twin Towers down in Houston, and that is Ralph Sampson, a former Golden State Warrior. Ralph, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, but first of all, give us the update. What is keeping Ralph Sampson busy, and what are you enjoying now? Uh, well, a lot of things going on this end of the world, but uh, just got inducted into the College uh, Basketball Hall of Fame over the weekend, and got uh, my boys are playing basketball at one at University of Minnesota, one at East Carolina University, so that keeps me very busy. And um, my business aspirations are working with kids around the country with academic and sports, and also just doing uh, general business deals. Yeah, you mentioned the, the College Basketball Hall of Fame kind of beat me to, to the punch there uh, on, on that because I had to ask, a, a great class going in, including former Warrior Chris Mullen. Getting into the College Hall of Fame, uh, what, what, does that, what does that mean for you? I mean, I'll just add to the um, honors that I've uh, already achieved uh, through my basketball and, and life experiences, but, you know, being in – uh, any Hall of Fame, especially the college one, amongst players that you uh, played played with, played against, uh, either from you know high school, I from you know, like James Worthy, goes in as well at that point. But uh, we've been knowing each other, you know, since 1979, 78, and you know high school days, uh, to competing uh, in college and also competing in the in the professional ranks. And then you know Chris Mullen as well. Uh, when playing with at Golden State, and then also Bobby Knight that I played with at 79 Pan American Games. So it's, uh, you know, kind of a special uh, thing for me to just to be in uh, those type of uh, classes with people and trying to get some things done. Of course, Ralph Sampson, great college player at the University of Virginia, three-time oh. college player of the year, overall number one pick of the 1983 draft. And you end up with the Golden State Warriors in 86 uh, 87, part of a trade that involved the uh, Sleepy Floyd and Joe Barry Carroll. Uh, go back to your days with the Warriors a little bit and maybe reminisce for the fans. Uh, what, what do you remember about your time with the Warriors? Well, you know, uh, you know for, first of all, man, I love playing at the Warriors. Uh, I didn't know I would uh, have that opportunity. You know, I thought we had a you know, very good solid team in Houston. But, uh, you know, I get off the plane. I understand I'm getting traded to, to go to state and, uh, you know, got to 48 hours to get to and from where I needed to go and make that happen. So uh, once I got there and understanding the you know the game at that point, restructuring everything with Golden State and trying to understand kind of what the lay of lineup with George Carl and Don Nelson and the crew there, um, a very very learning experience. Trying to uh, you know when you're traded somewhere and trying to regroup and and and, and do the best you can at that level. You know going into Golden State, uh, you know obviously some issues going in in there. Uh, we had Chris Washburn and, and things that were going on from that standpoint. But it was a good experience for me because my first game was against the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, although we lost that game, but it was uh, surprising to see the fans. And Larry Smith, people I played with, Terry Teagle, I played with in Houston, uh, Jerome Whitehead, and uh, Rod Higgins and the, and the crew of other guys that now, you know, that uh, we play together and have that relationship by playing together in a camaraderie. Uh, you know, it was a good time for me and uh, you know my basketball career. Although I, you know, with a uh, injury, injury though that you're trying to just play and play as hard as I can uh, to help the team win. But it was it was fun. You know, Ralph, I think that's what a lot of people forget is that uh, you were such a good player. 
uh, before you got to the Warriors. But when you got to the Warriors and for the rest of your careers, it just seemed like the the, uh, the knee injuries and, if I remember correctly, some back problems, they just continued to haunt you. It seemed like you just couldn't get healthy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love to play the game of basketball, and I probably should have sat out once I got to the, the Warriors after my knee injuries. I probably should have sat out for a while. And uh, not uh, had to wear and tear on my legs and got everything healthy, healthier. But it, you know, hindsight is worse. So I wanted to play. I wanted to get out there and compete, and I wanted to help the team win. Uh, you know, at that level. So I decided uh, that I wanted to play, and and uh, that's, that's just kind of how it goes at that point in time. Tell me about a couple of your teammates. Uh, start off with a guy that you were in, inducted with, Chris Mullen, who not only got in the College Hall of Fame, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame as of this past summer. Uh, what was it like for you to play with Chris Mullen? I mean, you know, Chris is, uh, I mean, from a shooting standpoint, playing standpoint, personal standpoint, I mean, Chris, I mean, even today are good friends and uh, it was a good time this weekend with him hanging out and just seeing him being inducted in not only the College Basketball Hall of Fame but the Naismith Hall of Fame as well. And uh, trying to just, you know, understand his career and what he means to college basketball and you know, not only as an athlete, but as a person as well. So had the opportunity to play with him and, and enjoy his uh, uh, camaraderie and, and sportsmanship. And, you know, everybody we played with there, we're, we're good. And so I just had to, you know, the ability to play with, you know, some great players, and he's one of them. Mitch Richmond was also there, and you were there during his rookie year. And obviously, you know, rookie of the year, uh, what an impact he had. What did you think of, of a very young Mitch Richmond? Oh, I mean, the talent-wise were there. I mean, Mitch, you know, obviously performed at a very, high, very, very high level, and uh, you know, he was a very tough player. I mean, you know, to play that two-guard position and small forward position, especially in Don Nelson's system, uh, running, shooting the ball, pressure defense, you know, uh, small forward type uh, basketball, you know, uh, forward ball. I mean, I forget the name he called it, but sometimes you didn't play with a center; you just kind of try to run down the floor. Mitch was the kind of ideal player player for that system, and uh, I mean he did it very well. You, were, as a young man, were talking with Ralph Sampson. Our catching up with series. You were born in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You played high school ball there. Uh, basketball heroes or or influences? Who were they when you were growing up? Uh you know, I mean, I grew up. I mean, you looked at the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and, and people of that nature that were, you know, big guys that you could emulate and 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 um, look at. I mean, everybody. I'm sure I was Dr. J, George Irving, and, and that crew, Gustav Rod, that was uh, in the ABA and the NBA with the Virginia Squires. Um, you know, people like that that you could just kind of pattern your game after, and you watch them on television on Sundays, and you go out on Mondays during the course of the week, and you try to, you know, play just like them. So. Uh, all the big guys that uh, you know, I, I had a chance to look at. I didn't get uh, the younger kid didn't see the, the, the Bill Russells or the Will Chamberlains of the world, but uh, you can see them on film and videotape. And when you start studying the game, you just try to you know take take a little bit from what they can do and, and make it yours and, and, and make it better. What was the recruiting process like for you to go to the University of Virginia? And did you what other options did you have? Uh, well, the process was a long, drawn-out process. I probably had over a thousand schools to uh, that I probably could have gone to one way or another. A lot of coaches, a lot of uh, 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 recruiters, and you know, my hometown on a consistent basis. I had a great high school coach that's still living today, and Roger Berger that uh, helped me with that process. We set up rules and regulations, and 
we had a great time. It was a great time for not only myself, but the high school and or the city of Harrisonburg having the opportunity to uh, get major college coaches in, in, our, in our hometown. Now, when you went to the uh, Cavaliers, uh, you ended up uh, winning an NIT title in 1980, Final Four in 81, Elite Eight in 83, uh, three Naismith Awards as National Player of the Year, and a lot of attention at, at that point. Uh, it, was it a fun experience for you, the four years there? Yeah, well, I mean, just those uh, things you mentioned right there. Had, I mean, I wouldn't have come back to college if I didn't wasn't having fun. I wouldn't have been three-time college player of the year. You know, if I wouldn't have having fun, I wouldn't have a um, a plaque and, and a graduation from University of Virginia if I wasn't having fun. So uh, my, my my college experience, my high school experience, and my NBA experience was, were all uh, really good for me, and I enjoyed every minute uh, of every day that I played and still do today. Now you were there at the time, I believe, uh, that uh, Mavericks head coach Rick Carlisle was there, right? Rick played with me, yes, for two years. Well, at least uh, one year at UVA, yeah. And then he played another year after I left. And uh, was he was he coaching material back then? I mean, he, Rick, Rick worked hard. Uh, Rick didn't have, have a lot of athletic ability. Uh, he was consistent. He could shoot the ball. He knew the game very well. So, I mean, if you look back at kind of the things he used to do, uh, you say, well, he, you know, he, he definitely had the coaching um, uh, ball graduation to be that at, a, at, a, at an earlier age. But you, you never know what's going to happen as you grow in life. You get drafted by the Rockets, NBA Rookie of the Year in 84. Uh, you were also a four-time NBA All-Star, All-Star Game MVP, All-NBA Second Team the, the following year in 85. And you get uh, joined by Kim Olajuwon after the uh, first year. The ec- the expectations were high, but you guys had to be really excited uh, about the crew that you were assembling with the Rockets at that time. Well, I mean, I think you know, everybody were excited, you know, was excited about what, what was going on. Uh, you know, we had the Twin Towers. We had the great uh, forward and Rodney McCray, Jim Peterson, Robert Reed, uh, guards Mitchell Wiggins, Lewis Lloyd, John Lucas, Alan Level, uh, Terry Teagle was on that team as well. That you know came on the Golden State. So I think we had a nucleus of a, of a great team that could compete. The Houston Rockets at that time were the only team in the Western Conference that dethroned the Lakers from being uh, champions in nineteen early eighties, and also and and and, and when we played them with uh, Moses Malone earlier and ourselves as well. So. Uh, if you know the organization would have kept it together and kept things together, I think that they would have been the um, very well uh, competitors or rivals of the Lakers, you know, throughout the '80s. But uh, obviously, the organization didn't do a lot of that. In '85, '86, you're talking about that run, the uh, upset uh, over the Lakers, and you had that spinning shot that gave the the uh, Rockets the 114-112 win right at the the end of uh, Game Five in that series. Uh, it's one of the great moments in NBA playoff history, so I got to take you back to it. I mean, that was an incredible shot. What, what were you guys think? What were you thinking uh, when when you guys were lining up for that inbounds pass? You know, everybody thinks that, uh, it was upset, but everybody felt uh, to remember that uh, the series with three games at one, and we were leading. So uh, the Lakers were the uh, defending champs, uh, obviously, and you got to be thrown the champs. But you know, that shot was one that called us to end the series and go on to play in the NBA Finals against the Celtics. Um, but, you know, it was a very good series, a competitive series. Uh, we had come off a seven-game grueling series with the Denver Nuggets. And um, our bench actually helped us win that game with uh, people like Rambrill Waiters and Jim Peterson and Craig Elo. Uh, you know, the weather was on the team as well. That uh, helped us uh, 
to win that series and then go on to beat the Lakers in, uh, in five games. You get to the finals and you're playing the Boston Celtics, and as you mentioned, the only team to dethrone the Lakers during this era where it was Lakers and Celtics in the finals. You guys get down 2-0. You, you come back and, and, and you have a, a, a good role in game three. Uh, a tough loss in game four. Larry Bird hits a couple of big threes. But I thought it really showed some character that, you know, that, that you guys came back and, and, and played well in one game five. Now, I know you got tossed in that game, but it had to, had to tell you guys something about your team uh, to win that game instead of just, you know, sort of rolling over as some teams will occasionally will do when faced with some adversity in the finals. And it had to show you guys some character. Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, in our philosophy at that point in time, I mean, Larry, Larry had some great shots in, in the game that he beat us to tie the series up 2-2 and then went up 3-1 in Houston. Um, but we all were on a mission. We, we wasn't going to lose the battle and give them the championship on our home court. If you don't get us, you had to get us on your own home court. We wasn't going to lose the game at home. And that was that was uh, kind of the movement at that point in time, that we, we won't lose at home. And we'll take one game at a time, one play at a time, and we'll we'll beat you on, on that play. And then we'll go into uh, Boston, and we've got to go to game seven, and we'll, and we'll hopefully compete and, and play well at that point in time. So we did not want to lose on our home court. When you look back on your career, granted, uh, there was uh, the knee injuries and the back problems. They, they certainly did not – we did not get the full Ralph Sampson effect in the NBA. But you, you got to a Final Four. You got to an NBA Finals. You're an NBA All-Star MVP. You were a second-team All-NBA player, Rookie of the Year. I mean, was basketball pretty good to Ralph Sampson? In basketball, then, uh, was great to Ralph Sampson and still is. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I had injuries that uh, shortened my, my, my career and my ability to compete at a very, very high level. But, you know, if you look at the things, I guess, that people say that I accomplished and the things you just mentioned, uh, I can't complain, with, number one, with that. And also, hopefully, um, you know, left a lasting impression on the game of basketball you know, while I was playing and after, after as well. Well, there's no doubt you left an impression, Ralph. I'm not going to ask you about this because you were one of the first uh, really – uh, uh, big men that could play center, but with a lot of skills, with, with shooting ability, ball handling ability, ability to make a pass, as opposed to just the, the quintessential back-to-the-basket type five. And when you looked in today's game and you see guys like maybe a uh, similar body style like Tyson Chandler, or you see a Dirk Nowitzki who at seven feet can do uh, the things that he can do, you, know, you had a role in playing that. You were one of the first guys to show that a big man could do other things other than just go down the box. Well, you know, in, that, in, in my era, um, the coaches didn't think a big guy could do that. And, you know, coming out of college, I, I could do those type, type of things, shoot outside, run, dribble, jump, et cetera. And then, um, you know, if I was coming out today, wow, it would be a whole different story in my genetic makeup when it comes to playing basketball uh, from a dollars and cents standpoint, but also playing standpoint. So uh, people have had... People have said that before, where maybe I was a little bit before my time, but also hopefully started a revolution with big guys that could play, you know, facing the basket. And I think, you know, uh, if anybody works at their game at whatever level, you can play in position on the court and make a difference. You got Magic Johnson at, at, at point guard with the leg of the six foot nine. So, I mean, he proved it, proved it there it could be done. And, and uh, you know, so hopefully I had a little, little change in that game as well back then where a seven footer could. A shooter three uh, when, when he felt like it or in the concepts of the offense or bring the ball to the court. I can remember in the game versus the Lakers, 
at home in the championship series. Maybe Bill Fitz called a play. We're out the point guard. And we brought Kareem up. We were out away from the basket and uh, changed the game up a little bit. So, uh, you know, hopefully we have something to do with some of these big guys if they look back and play, but hopefully they continue to develop their game and play at a very high level. Well, no doubt about it. You did help uh, revolutionize the game. And, and uh, yeah, those dollars and cents today would have been, would have been nice, you know, if you came out of Yeah, that. yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Ralph the Dad. Tell me about your thoughts on, on Ralph Sampson III, who's enjoying a, a very nice run as a, a player for the Golden Gophers. How's he doing, and, and what's it like to watch him play? Oh, well, my boys are doing very well. I mean, it's, um, it's great to see the... the you have children that uh, aspire to be and you know, walk in your footsteps to some extent, but also create their own. So uh, Ralph the third is about seven foot tall, 250 pounds, and very good footwork. Uh, love to pass the ball to the big man. You play with it back to the basket and play face the basket as well. Uh, I think his future is bright, and uh, if he continues to work hard and gets with the right coaches at the next level, uh, he'll be a very, very good basketball player at uh, at the NBA level as well. My other son Robert is uh, six foot nine and about two ten right now, and still got some weight to put on a little bit. But left-handed shooter, two guard, and uh, very exciting player that played at East Carolina University. So uh, these days I have my hands full with going to you know a lot of basketball games with my boys. But it's great to see them um, do what they can do and play and compete at that level. Now, Ralph is a senior, and, and uh, Robert is is what at East Carolina? Robert is a sophomore. I'm a sorry. sophomore. Yeah, I, boy, your uh, fr- frequent flyer miles between the following East Carolina and a Big Ten team, they've they, got to rack them up during the, during the uh, winter. Well, fortunately, you have uh, some games on the Internet and some games on the Big Ten Network, <laughs> so you've got to watch them while you can and uh, do what you can do to, to, to make sure you at least stay involved with their lives at some level. It's just daunting task because sometimes they play on the same day. So you might be in the stands watching the game on a, on your phone or iPad or computer and watching one live. So it just depends on what day of the week it is. Well, you know that you know that they appreciate uh, your support and your enthusiasm for their careers. Uh, Ralph, I appreciate your time. It's great to catch up with you. Best of luck with your uh, business endeavors and your work with kids and, and uh, best of luck to uh, Ralph III and Robert and the rest of the Sampson family. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you guys one of these days. Uh, when I get back out there, we'll love to see the fans in, in, in Oakland, Golden State, the Bay Area. Thank you very much. That's Ralph Sampson, our catching up with series, one of the greatest college basketball players ever and a very good pro player whose career was curtailed by a number of knee surgeries. Just could not take the pounding uh, of the NBA trail. But what a revolutionary center he was, playing away from the basket, showing the ability to use skills as opposed to just going down the, to the box. Ralph Sampson, all part of our Catching Up With series here at Warriors.com. And for more Warriors information, I'm Tim Roy reminding you to click and roll on Warriors.com.